This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello again, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Dallas Morning News, SportsDayDFW.com, and DallasNews.com's sports podcast. This is the Rangers version. It is. Uh, and I'm Evan Grant, coming to you with the sultry tones of baseball talk, along with co-host David Moore. Maybe overselling the sultry tones aspect of it a bit. Maybe. Uh, but I did kind of have my Barry White voice going there for a minute. <laughs> Just for a second. Uh, You're rocking have, the T-shirt in cold weather. I am because I I, I don't know. I'm having hot flashes, I think, is the problem. Yes, I, was, I was going to inquire about that, uh, but I didn't want to pry. I've reached that stage. <laughs> um, I, it, it, I, it, I'm a little bit flushed from Adrian Beltre retiring. That's what it is. Understandable. Uh, we haven't had a podcast since Adrian actually announced his retirement uh, a week ago today. Um, uh, we're all still standing, but uh, I think that the game has uh, – has has lost. Uh, I, I hate to say the word lost because Adrian Beltre played 21 years in the major leagues. He walks away from the game not as a shadow of what he once was. Walks away kind of on his on own his terms, terms, as much as you can in sports. I think played and enjoyed the game to the very last minute, uh, and there will be no reason for fans of the Texas Rangers in particular to have anything but fond memories of Adrian Beltre. Mm-hmm. They're not going to another team, not finishing it out wearing somebody else's laundry, not you know, not declining performance. What they have is a guy who enjoyed the game and provided them with entertainment right till the very end. So I hate to say the word lost or sad or anything. And I you know, I, there is sports sad. I mean, your your pals yeah. at the ticket have created the word sports yeah. sad. Um and, and it is for a lot of fans, but I, I as a guy who's covered baseball for a quarter of a century, I, I just come away with with a level of appreciation for having been able to watch it on a daily basis and and really watch a guy who just had so much fun playing the game. And I think that I think there are, I think there are a lot of athletes that are embraced and and form a connection uh, that goes beyond their team that, that with the fan base, but. I, and I think there are a lot of those, but but I think there are fewer players and athletes who are even able to take it to the next level and are beloved by the fan base. And, and I think that there's a difference there, and that there's that just connotes a a, a more significant uh, emotional impact. Uh, 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 you know that it reverberates more. There's more emotional resonance there, and and to me, Beltre was one of those rare athletes who transcended to that level. He was actually beloved 
in the community. And uh, uh, look at how many athletes are beloved here in Dallas. I mean, there, there are some great ones, and, and you admire and appreciate a lot of them. But when you talk about beloved, that, that list gets you know thinner and thinner. Oh, it gets very thin. But I, I think we've <laughs> this community has been very fortunate in that over the past 50 years, you've had – You've had the likes of Bob Lilly, Roger sure. Staubach, uh, Troy Aikman, Dirk Nowitzki, Mike Madonna, Adrian Beltre. Yep. Uh, that's a pretty good list for um, any any city to have in, sure. in, in in that period of time. And and I'm, I'm and that's not to minimize I, I anyone think, who's not on that list. This even though Emmett finished yeah. out his career with another team, it's I think not. Emmett's on on that list. And the same is uh, yeah. I mean it's. Uh, um, it's interesting. It would be interesting to go through because I think everyone has a little bit slightly different definition of what beloved is right. and who belongs on that list and, and why they would be there or why they wouldn't. But uh, I think my, I think Michael Irvin's beloved simply because of his announcer, uh, announcements of school closings. <laughs> exactly. Except that's not actually him. So that's probably <laughs> it's close enough. But uh, you, you enjoy a lot. You enjoy a lot of the athletes, and, and you get a kick out of them. And, or, or, and, and sometimes you have a favorite who is not beloved, right. and they're just your favorite. It's just a personal preference. But, um, yeah, I think Beltre transcended a lot of uh, – worked on many levels, I think. And I, I think it gets back to, like you're saying, just anyone who plays with that sort of joy for so long of a time – um, it, it's hard not to feel differently about them than you do a lot of other athletes, I think. Yeah, and Adrian carried off his persona so well because he could be, um, he could be sarcastic uh, in, in a in a manner that wasn't mean spirited, um, and you could tell. Which which is a quality in and of itself. It, it really is yeah. um, because people can appreciate that. That you're actually trying to be helpful. You're not trying to to put somebody down. Um, he could be playful. Uh, he just was. He thought. I, you know, I go back to to the the even the ejection for moving the on deck circle mm -hmm. um, to him. It's just another example of Adrian thinking goofy uh, on you know on his heels. Is that all right? Uh, you want me to? There was there was no hesitation. What you want me to get on the on deck circle? Okay, I'll bring it to me. And mm -hmm. and I mean it, it's a moment that thanks to thanks to where we are now in six second videos that will live forever. Sure. Um, the, the question that I've got, and, and and I think I think our friend Kevin wrote about this last week to some extent was. If you now go back and look at the history of the Texas Rangers, I think for a long, long time, uh, the answer to this question, like who who was the most iconic player in the history of the Rangers, was easily Nolan Ryan. Always, yes. Um, Texan, the two no-hitters into his 40s, which was an, an age that an everyman could, could appreciate, a freak of nature. Um, and that he came here and, and, and pitched for five years. Yeah. At a time when this organization – Really needed, even though the longevity wasn't there like you normally see with with strong attachments to athletes. Right, because of the time he came, it was a crucial time as far as establishing this club was possibly moving. Yes, and and was yes. among the most irrelevant in professional yes. sports. So, all of that was significant. I, I do think now, if you you know, I hate to get into a Skip and Shannon debate about who was more significant, but 
I think you can make the argument that that Adrian, when, when you combine performance, because it was eight years, mm-hmm. um, you combine the historic milestones. You know, Nolan got his five thousand strikeout. Adrian had you know yes. reached three thousand hits here, um, and, and came real close to five hundred home runs uh, and solidified his Hall of Fame campaign. Uh, when you talk about success, he went to the playoffs in eleven, in twelve, fifteen, mm-hmm. and sixteen, uh, and you talk about. Uh, the impact he had on his teammates, you can make an argument that Adrian Beltre should go down as the most iconic, the lead figure on the Rangers' Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. And uh, because, like you said, it's the, the circumstances on why Nolan is there are unusual. Because they don't have as much to do with baseball as the exactly, Beltre reasons. Exactly, and 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 in some ways. And you can tell that elevates him even more because it's not strictly with baseball, and that's much harder for an athlete to do to control factors that go beyond the sport itself. And and uh, Nolan had a stature to do that, also at a time where there was a crying need for this franchise. Right. And 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 there there is a que- there's still a question in people's mind: Would this franchise still be here if he hadn't emerged and did what he did when he did it? Right. Um, no one can ever duplicate that. I mean, moment in, in time. In a lot of ways, he also helped get the the ballpark built yeah, because the, the sure. support and the funding for that ballpark probably doesn't happen without Nolan bringing a level of attendance and, and revenue into that into that uh, a true foundational piece of this franchise in, in in really a relatively short amount of time, which which speaks even more to his impact. But when you look at strictly the product on the field, the the longest sustained successful performance in franchise history, uh, the the heights you scaled competitively, where you ranked in the league year in and year out over a six, seven-year period, um, he, he was at the forefront of that. And that's historically, look, we don't have to, you know, we're still in the moment. We don't have to look back historically that much now and just go, no, this is this is one of the most significant periods. This is the most significant competitive period in franchise history, and he was at the forefront of it. Um, uh, so here's my next question is, uh, and, and you, know, the, you have more experience on the retired number aspect element or the, on, the, the historical achievement element. How long do you wait if you're the Rangers to retire number 29? Well, do do they have if is are there any guidelines in place? There are no no hard and fast guidelines, but basically with the exception of Johnny Oates, all the numbers that have been retired uh are um are Hall of Famers. And once they went in after they went into the Hall of Fame or was it a precursor to them going into the Hall? Um, I think, I, I think, well, the only numbers they have retired at this point are, are seven, which was Pudge retired yeah. last year, um, uh, Nolan mm-hmm. and Johnny Oates. So the, I, I'm, I'm thinking of Ranger yeah. Hall of Famers. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, it has been kind of the post coronation of the Hall of Fame campaign that one final honor now that you're indu- inducted into the Hall of Fame the Rangers version of a plaque in the 
mm-hmm. the Yankees um, uh, Memorial Park is uh, is retiring the number. Mm-hmm. I think I, I I think that the chances of his number being retired before he gets to the Hall of Fame are better uh, than have been the previous guys here. Well, I think that's something that the organization should take a strong look at, too, and actually kind of formulate a policy because there are going to be uh, – you would – they certainly hope there are going to meet more guys who will be considered for the Hall of Fame going forward. And do you just want to simply wait and let the rest of baseball tell you what you should think about your greatest players? Or do you want to actually have a, a template in place for – you know, these are this is the performance level, and these are the qualities, and, and these are guys who were big in our community. And whether or not they make the Hall of Fame or not, one, they deserve to be recognized for our fan base and our franchise. And two, um, you know, in the case of Beltre, if you if you're actually proactive with this, you can do it before he comes up for voting for the Hall of Fame, and it's like. Well, look, the club is certainly going all in and endorsing his candidacy as well. And, and, and you know, I, I think the Rangers need to really come up with a policy on whether they're going to be proactive or reactive when it comes to that sort of thing and just what sort of esteem. I mean, to me, in some ways, this is a, an over, it's almost a, an afterthought. It's like, well, if these guys get in the Hall of Fame, well, of course we're going to put them in here. Well, how much of an honor is that? Right. You know, uh, that that doesn't speak to to what they meant to the franchise. It's yeah, just, what does it matter if your jersey number is retired now? If you've already got the Hall of Fame plaque, the Hall of Fame plaque. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I I can't disagree with that. I I do think that this is something that I, if I were the Rangers, I'd probably look to be a little bit more proactive on. I would look. The next couple of years are not going to be great years for the Rangers. Uh, I would look to induct Beltre into the club's Hall of Fame uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, and here's another one, though. They'll be tied into when you know you're going to have a bump in, you know, with the new stadium where you're going to get that in. So often these determinations are made on marketing Correct. reasons, not not pure reason. But, 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 but that is another reason why they really need to sit down and – uh, I, I'm really surprised there's not a stronger policy in place here, that they haven't been more proactive with this. And again, what better time to develop this policy when you know you're going to have a lean period for another two or three years here to is, celebrate your history? But listen, the Cowboys do honors as well as anybody, right? Yeah. But the ring of honor basically comes – the policy is whatever Jerry says. Sure, and, sure. And, and, you know, I think on these things it's it, – oh, oh, I agree. But but it, but it makes you, sense. It's not It's not just a – Okay, they're in the Hall of Fame. Right. Let's put them in. It's like, well, no, this guy's been out. And again, marketing forces drive it as well. Okay, it's been two to three years. We haven't done it. Let's look at who could go in now. Do we do a nod to uh, the, the 70s? Do we do a nod to the 90s? Okay, the last guy in was from right. the 90s. Maybe we do the 70s now. This guy's in bed. You know, there, there are a lot of factors that go into it. I think I, where the Rangers are concerned on this one, I. You know, I I do think that they've got a policy in place, which is, you know, we're not going to, with the exception of the the manager who led them to their first division title, mm-hmm. um, and who, who the first time they ever went to the playoffs, uh, and you know who was at that time 
in the throes of, of uh, a brain tumor. Yeah. Uh, with that exception, I think the policy has been if you're a Hall of Famer and you spent a significant portion of time in the with the Rangers, then that's the consideration yes. for for retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that um, I do think Beltray will force them to to rethink that, and and I think they should. Um, I, I do think that in the next couple of years, they should seek whenever possible to again. I, I hate to say milk that milk that goat since he's the goat, yeah. um, but go back to that well a couple times because there will never people will never not be interested in Adrian Beltre here. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the kind of attachment that he created with the, with his fan base and mm-hmm. and the Rangers. Uh, would be right to tap into that. I don't know that Adrian's ever going to want to work in baseball on a full-time basis. I could see him doing some some potential special assistance work down the road, but I, I think that um, I, I think the idea would be let's we may be a few years out from the last window of opportunity. Let's let's try and remember those as as often as we can. Well, and that's the other thing. If you're at a point in your franchise where you know, okay. There's going to be a gap after this where we're not going to induct anyone for quite a while. That's something else to take in consideration, too. Do you really want to go, you know, well, now, I mean, 17 years between? You you, know, they're, now, you know, they're different. The Cowboys, correct me if I'm wrong here, the Cowboys mm-hmm. have the Ring of Honor and that's it, correct? Yes. Do they have a Hall of Fame? No. Okay, so the Rangers have a Rangers Hall of Rangers Fame. Rangers Hall of Fame, yeah. And then they have the, retire, the, the numbers retired. Sure, so, sure. I mean, there's a little bit of, yeah. of multiple levels there, and that's the thing. You can induct somebody into the Hall of Fame one year, and then you can retire their jersey another year. Another. And so you get two marketing opportunities out of that. Uh, but but I do think that that's something they're going to have to rely on here in the next few years. Yeah, you're gonna, They want to induct Josh Hamilton into their Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to – I would not be surprised if Ian Kinsler ends up in their Hall of Fame. Uh, and now you've got Beltre. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at some point in time, uh, you know he's only thirty years old, but you're going to have Elvis Andrus. You, you're going to have some guys that were connected to this particular sure. club, and, and I think that uh, uh, I, I think whenever they can, until this next window of opportunity for for contention opens up, you're going to have to rely on on this last window of of success to uh, to stoke things a little bit. And you want to do that when, one, you know the record's going to be bad, and two, you haven't moved into your new facility yet. So th- this seems like a, a, a natural time to do it. I, their question is going to be, do we, want to, do we want to go with the big gun right away and Beltray, or do we want to build up to it and make some of these other moves before we do him? And, and, and you also run into – look, that's the other reason. And when I say policy – you want a loose policy because you don't. You never want it to be. Oh well, a player has to be away from the game for three years before we will consider induction or retirement. Of you know, you don't want to. You don't want to place those limitations on it because sometimes you have. You you want to be able to honor the exceptions. Well, there were, in the Rangers' case, there were there was a policy in place that a player had to be two years removed, and and a lot of that was due to. Didn't want to have a situation where a guy was in his first year retirement and, then he and then plays he in another team. Play. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, so, so that was in place. The the second part of it was that I think when Pudge retired, uh, they immediately did, after he 
officially announced his retirement the next year he went in. So mm-hmm. um, the, they're, like you say, loose policy, yeah. and you have to be willing to adjust. So I, I think it's going to be sooner rather than later with Beltre. We're going to get out of here pretty quickly today. Do you think his number will be retired before they move into the new? No, no. I, I, I think that I, I don't think because that would just be doing the ceremony next year. I yeah. think they would give it a full year, let him take a full year off from baseball, and and and. and you don't want to do it too close either because you actually want it to be special. If you do something now, it's like uh, that's true. But the you know the, the there there are extenuating right, yeah. circumstances here too. Yeah. One is he played all his games at Globe Life Park. Mm-hmm. So do you sure. want to now bring him and do it in the new stadium? Yeah, it it just feel wise it's not a it's not a big deal, but it is different. The second part of it is, uh, do you want to? He played his last home game here with no official announcement, mm-hmm. right? Then he played another week's worth of games and and, and played at at Seattle. And that was his last game. You do want to bring him in here next year in some way, form, or fashion to like say that final goodbye to fans. How do you do that? Do you induct him into the Hall of Fame next year and then wait another two years and, and retire his number in that window before Hall of Fame eligibility begins? I, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be interesting on how they handle that. I do have this. This is my favorite Beltre stat with the Rangers. Okay. Um, I started keeping track of this, or, or at least checking it every once in a while uh, early on in his career uh, here, because it just seemed like you know if he homered, they won. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when and, and so his in in his time with the Rangers, he hit 199 home runs. Uh, that was over 186 games. Rangers were 143 and 43 in those games, a 769 <laughs> win percentage. And the amazing thing about this wow. is that until the last two years. Over the first five years of his career with the Rangers, mm-hmm. it was close to 90% that if he homered, this team won. And I know it's one of those stats that people will look at and say it's a coincidental stat, and there's a lot of coincidence there. Not with that sample size. But I not mean, all, but yeah. not entirely. You yeah. know, this guy, when this guy did something, it had an impact for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an emotional impact, there was a, a timing impact. Uh, and, and those are the things that, that both probability and advanced metrics can't measure mm-hmm. is how guys react. And this guy, he, he created those kinds of reactions from his teammates that, all right, Adrian's doing it. We're going to follow suit. You can't quantify it, but I'm, I'm giving you the numbers that can quantify mm-hmm. it. So uh, that's my favorite Adrian Beltre stat. Uh, everybody's got lots of Adrian Beltre stories. Um, I, I – my favorite story is just I, – I, it's not really a story. It's just that the language of the clubhouse is you're around these guys for 200 days out of the year, and the guys that will joke around with you, that will occasionally make fun of themselves and make fun of you in good in, in good humor, um, that's kind of the – Emily Jones wrote in, in a tribute that she did for, for mm-hmm. our place. Yes. She wrote that you know when they yell at you, that's the ultimate clubhouse compliment. Uh, you know, and it's not like Rich fixed this shiz. It's you know, it's <laughs> it, it it's like the sarcastic yelling, and, mm-hmm. and and so every day you look forward to okay, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and get Adrian today. We'll see how he's gonna respond. And mm-hmm. so I, I I've told this story before, but but the one incident where I uh, the one incident where I I feel like I did actually catch him was uh, after 
Odor punched Batista uh, in, in the Rangers Blue Jays game, mm-hmm. and you, in the post game scrum, you're doing that stupid media guy stuff, and you have to ask sure. really dumb questions like, "Did you see the punch?" Mm-hmm. And Beltre, you know, was the guy who pulled Batista away from the from the scene. He says, "Did you watch the game?" And I'm like, "Yes, I watched the game." And then I said, "Okay, let me try this a different way. Did you hear the punch?" And that caught him off guard because he started to look down, <laughs> and he start he had to stifle a laugh, and um, it took him a minute to get to get a response. So I felt like you know in seven <laughs> years or eight years around Beltray, <laughs> I got like one win in there. Um, but it, it was always a day like that where you know you felt like okay if 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 I can get to this guy and talk to him today. The exchange is going to be lively. There's going to be something that makes both guys laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to be pretty candid. You know, he didn't pull any punches on stuff. So uh, those are the ultimate compliments I can give to a player. He showed up every day. He he, he had a personality. He, he enjoyed the game. He made it fun for everybody who was around him. And that's uh, it shouldn't be that difficult to do but it really is and so i you know i'll i'll do the the ceremony ceremonial tipping of my cap to him as well yeah i mean you have to be comfortable enough with who you are to show yourself day in and day out and comfortable enough in your performance and what you mean to the team in order to do that you, you know you can't be oh well i'm Am I underperforming? Am I not doing this? Well, this guy's doing this. I'm not. What will guys think? Right. Uh, and when you're, especially in baseball, where you're around each other more than any other sport, not even close compared to the other sports, uh, just, just the time together, uh, that takes on even more of a premium. It, harder it, to do. Uh, and he had, you know, he just got it. Adrian just got it on that level. So um, as far as the Rangers go, Mm-hmm. By the way, we talked about Adrian Beltre retiring last week. That's like the biggest news that, that they've got. They have nothing else going on. Um, it's pretty quiet out there. So well, that wraps up. Adrian to talk about that. It would have been a shorter podcast the other, other way. <laughs> it would have been mostly like, okay, so here's what the Rangers have going on. Nothing. All right, let's get back to Cowboys talk. Uh, but that's going to wrap up the Rangers for this week. Um, hopefully next week we can talk a little bit about the retractable roof. I'm going to go see a model of that roof opening today. Oh, good. Um, and I think we're going to actually have uh, Eric Nadell with us next week. Oh, great. Uh, to talk about his, um, uh, among other things, his new book uh, of yes. baseball limericks. And I'm going to demand that the entire interview answer all in limericks. In limerick. Yes. And, and some dramatic readings And Kevin as well. may even be back with us. When you said hopefully – Next week, I thought you were going to say Kevin would be back. I noticed you you <laughs> you, you neglected to to throw that into the conversation casually. I, I, you didn't say hopefully next week we'll be joined by Kevin. I, I want Kevin, which back. I thought was very telling. I want Kevin back simply for the fact that I want him to do these intros and the and the outros because <laughs> I'm getting increasingly uncomfortable with them. But you have to get to. Um, I was about to say Valley Ranch. You have to get to the Star, and I have to get to the ballpark. Ballpark. Because go our, because you and I are guys. We get out there and we cover our beats. Exactly. We're like out there in the field. We're not in here in the studio. I mean, well, well now right we now are. we are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So maybe I shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> Went a little bit too far. All right. Anyway, thanks everybody for joining us. We hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we will be back here next week to talk more baseball and wrap up 
the Cowboys Saints, uh, looking ahead to the Cowboys Eagles. Eagles. And we should be back with a college podcast uh, examining the college football playoff and whether there's a Big 12 school in it or not. And the eighth overtime of <laughs> yeah, I would have A&M and LSU. I would have liked to get into some A&M LSU talk because it seems like A&M Well, I think we can probably still talk about it next week as well. Yeah, we might. Uh, it just seems like A&M can't win a game without like somebody getting punched. <laughs> exactly. But we will have uh, the uh, Texas OU Redo. That's right. The Redo, but not the Red River rivalry. No. So much different. Much different. This is not that game. It's not going to be played at the Cotton Bowl, and there will be no corny dogs to be had. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.